Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Hello, and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joshua and Salmo, here to talk to you guys today, of course, about your Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, today's episode is going to be a fun one. My five takeaways from the doubleheader on Saturday. Obviously, the Leafs won the first game 4 1. They dropped the second game at Scotia Bank Arena 4 2. Uh, we're going to do a quick little game recap, and we'll get right into my five takeaways and a little bonus who the Leafs should trade for segment at the end. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get to it. The first one, like I said, Leafs win 4-1. Stutzel open the scoring, followed by Justin Hall, Dennis Mulligan, Alex Steves, and Alex Steves finished it with the empty netter. Two goals for him in this one. Eric Schalgren, 11 shots against, one goal against, 10 saves with a 909 save percentage. The Leafs played well in this one. Have to give them credit. Even, even though Ottawa opened the scoring, they still dominated the majority of that period with the chances and the rushes. Uh, a couple lucky plays um, by the Senators kept the Leafs off the score sheet. Also credit to Talbot. He made some really, really big stops. Uh, the play that first comes to mind is that one that Marner went around and it goes through the crease and Zaitsev just gets a stick on it where the Leafs should have scored early on. But the Leafs still found a way to win this one 4-1 in game one. Uh, let's go to game two now. The Leafs lost 4-2, like I said. Uh, Yarncroke opens the scoring with not one, but two goals. Yarncroke was just putting the puck on net, and that's what you want to see from him. Two goals in the second period. It was 2-0 Toronto going into the third. Uh, they did pull Samsonov in um, replacement for uh, Petruzelli. Uh, Petruzelli gives up three goals in the third. Not the best performance from him. Uh, faced 10 shots, made seven saves, a 700 save percentage. But, um, you know, he's, what, goalie number five on the depth chart this year. I will say there's a lot of criticism going his way. I don't think that's deserved. He has showed a lot of progress in the last season. You know, he was named a second-team ECHL All-Star, I'm pretty sure, last season with a 927 save percentage. So he's still developing. He's going to get his shot with the Marlies this season. And obviously this period didn't go the way you wanted for it to, uh, to see from him, but... I'm still high on Petruzelli in the long term, and I'm excited to see what the staff can do with him. But, you know, Crookshank, Norris, and Kaslik were the ones that put uh, the puck by him in the third, and Tyler Mott finished it with an empty netter. Now let's start off. My first takeaway from Saturday is the Nylander and Mulligan combo. Nylander, of course, you know, you ask any Leaf fan that watched this game, he was burning. Um, you know, how many odd man rushes did he have? He was absolutely flying in this one, but so was Dennis Mulligan. One thing I liked about Mulligan was he was able to kind of match the speed of Nylander at certain points. And that is what you saw here on Mulligan's goal, right? It was an unlucky play by the Senators. The puck bounces off Stutzel's skate. Nylander steals it, goes on in on a two on one, goes burning to the net, finds Mulligan back door and Mulligan just got a little piece of it. The puck goes in, and the Leafs score. That is what you want to see from Mulligan. Mulligan's not going to blow you away with his stick handling or his offensive awareness and stuff like that, but he is a quick player. Um, he's a strong skater, and he has good offensive instincts. So if he can just be kind of in that right spot, right time area, and just be a workhorse and productive like he was in this one, that's all you really want to see from him. 
the chemistry with Nylander looked like it was there. Like I just went through their goal. Nylander and Mulligan, if they can keep that going so far in the preseason, I don't see how you split them up come the regular season. Mulligan, I, I think, has a chance to be on the opening night roster. Uh, remember, this is a guy they traded um, for Marshment like, only a couple seasons ago. Then he went overseas to Europe. Still a good player. Um, and I, I'm interested to see what he can bring long-term to this team because he did look real comfortable, but it's important to mention that you know this isn't the first time we've seen Nylander have such a good preseason, right? You look at his preseason numbers, he's always played good. Last season he had uh, more than a couple goals in the preseason. Um, so, you know, with Nylander, it's never been his problem uh, is the start. It's always been those middle stretches, right? He can either be hot as hell where he's getting you uh, multiple points a week or he can have those very, very cold stretches where he goes games with zeros across the board. And, you know, he's changed to a tinted visor. Maybe that might help him for next season. Obviously, he said he was dealing with some eye mind grains. So I'm excited to see what he can bring this season. I do project him to have his best season as a Maple Leaf this year. Uh, obviously, that should be no surprise as he's getting older, starting to enter his prime. But I am high on Nylander. And Mulligan, I thought, did really well as a complimentary piece. And I want to see from that. I want to see that moving forward. You know, we have a, another game on Wednesday night. If they're both in the lineup, I'm really going to be looking forward to this to this pairing and seeing how this duo can mesh with a new center. Obviously, in practice today, they skated with John Tavares in the middle. So if JT is that guy in the middle, from what we saw uh, on Saturday, I think this line's only going to get better. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what they can do. Mulligan's a guy where you know he's versatile. Um, you can play left, right, uh, left and right. Uh, he's also got some good two-way ability to his game. So definitely a guy I'm going to be interested in seeing how he can finish out this preseason because I thought his opening game was solid and he just needs to build off that. Now my second takeaway, this one, it's not as obvious as the Mulligan and Nylander combo, but it was Alex Steves. And Alex Steves, a guy, if you listen to the Traverse episode, I was in love with him and what I saw from him. He continued that in game one here. He plays a hard game. He is gritty. He's a grinder. He's not afraid to get into the corners. Um, that the, the goal that he scored, okay, Giordano, smart play by Giordano to find the stick instead of firing one on net. But Steves, the, the way he was able to push off his skates and beat the defender that was like much bigger than him, much larger in size, and he was able to out-muscle him using his skating and his edges and his strength to get around the defender and just get a piece on it with Giordano. Like I said, smart play by him to just find Steve's stick. He gets a little, little tap of it, redirects it right into the net. That is an NHL goal. And that's what I said in the Traverse episode. That goal that he scored, that tip, that was going wide. That shot was going wide. He found a way to direct it on net and it goes in. Those are not only goals. Those are NHL level goals. And that's what I said on Twitter. And I stand by that. Those are how you're, th those are goals that you are going to score in the regular season. Goalies are getting better. We see it every year. Their numbers go higher and higher. Those are goals that will always be scored. Beautiful play by Steves. Beautiful game by Steves. You know, he ends up with the empty net. Why? Because his work effort and his work rate, how quick he is. And, you know, Haley Wickenizer um, commented on, on, him, on him last year when he got the call up to the Leafs about you know how she thinks this is the hidden gem for this Maple Leafs team. And I really think we're starting to see that. And I would love to see him in the bottom six this season. I think he could potentially work his way up to a top nine player. I think he's got the offensive output to do so. I think he has a lot of production in him. 
if he can just be unleashed, I think Alex Steve is going to be a real nice player. And I'm really, really high on him. And his development looks like it's going in the absolute best track it possibly could. And if it's not this season, it's next season. So watch out for Alex Steves because those are NHL level goals. Uh, my third takeaway is Zach Aston Reese and his impact. Aston Reese comes into camp on a PTO, a guy that, you know, not known for his offensive ceiling. Um, very, very good defensive player. That is what you need on this Leafs team, right? I said last year, David Camp, awesome move. They bring in another guy like Aston Reese. See, the, the only problem is with this bottom six, I'm getting kind of worried where the offensive production is going to come from. That's why I kind of wanted Nylander on the third line to drive his own line again to kind of spread out the depth of this Maple Leafs offense. But Zach Aston Reese needs to make this team. He does. He tied Wayne Simmons for the most hits uh, on Saturday. He also had the crucial screen in front for Justin Hall's goal. If Zach Aston Reese isn't there, no way that goes in. And he was, I forget what play it is. He made a play where he was in the corner. Like I tweeted out when they first originally signed him. He is a guy that is going to do amazing things for you in the puck possession side of the game. His analytics are off the charts. And that is what the Leafs like to play with, right? They like the puck possession-based style. They like to wait, wait, wait until they get their opportunity. And Aston Reese is perfect to get in the boards, win the puck back, and hold possession for the, for his team's offense. And that is what I'm looking forward to seeing out Aston Reese. Like I said, he brought a physical game. He finished his hits. Hard to play against. He plays a hard game as well. This is a guy you're going to want on your team for the long term. Believe me, I've seen him play a lot, and I love the guy. So Aston Reese, don't expect him to score you goals, but he will shut down the other team's best player. And that is perfect, especially for the penalty kill. To win games, never mind to win games, to win championships, you need good special teams. And he is a guy that's going to bring you value, especially on the penalty kill. Now, my fourth takeaway from this doubleheader on Saturday was Frazier Minton. Frazier Minton, we all know um, he was just picked in the second round of the last draft class. The Leafs traded back with Chicago, the Mrazic contract, from the first round to select Minton in the second round. There was a lot of talk about how the Leafs were interviewing guys like Owen Beck and Sapovaliv, and you know the list goes on, but it was very quiet on Minton. And out of nowhere, Dubas ends up with this pick. Minton, when he's first selected, like I said, very good skater. Obviously, that's no surprise. Um, but he's also got a little bit of a sandpaper edge to his game. We saw that on Saturday, right? He was not afraid to get into the corners. For a guy of his size and his age, he was getting right up in there with NHL vets that have played almost 10 years, right? And, um, you know, just the way he can see the game, we saw how many times he was in great, great positioning uh, in this game. The I believe it it was Alex Steves' goal where, you know, he wins the draw. He went five for seven on draws on Saturday for an 18-year-old. That is impressive. Um, and he was able to just sit in the slot and kind of tie the Sens defenseman to him where – you know, Steves was all alone with um, only one senator marking him. And that's how Steves was able to beat him with an inside-outside quickly and get to the back door for Giordano's shot. And that goal doesn't happen if it isn't for Minton kind of tying up the defenseman in front. And, you know, Minton, for a guy of his age, obviously, you know, he's probably not going to make the team this season. But just the value here from Kyle Dubas to trade back in the draft and then to get this production out of Minton already and Tavares has commented on him today he said he's like I love being around the guy he's a, a joy to be around um, and he's a really smart player he thinks they have a good one and I agree this looks like it's another hit by GM Kyle Dubas later on in the week we're gonna have a Dubas uh, podcast episode keeper fire Dubas I think we all know what side him on there 
and you know Minton. Once he just develops, he's still a raw prospect. But I think he's going to be on this NHL lineup a lot sooner than what he's projected. I think he's projected 23-24 season. I think he's going to be up here real soon, especially if he keeps this play up. I haven't seen a prospect from this draft class so far outside the first round that has had an impact like Frazier Minton has. Obviously, there's been some good ones, but Minton has provided stable, stable play um, in Traverse and here in Traverse. I get he was a minus five, not a lot of shots on goal, but just the way he was able to read the game uh, at the prospect tournament, I'm really high on him and I'm excited to see what he can bring moving forward. With this Leafs development staff, we're seeing what what they've done with guys like um, Alex Steves and you know lesser talent that they found either late in the draft or undrafted talent, and they're providing great, great results. So Fraser Minton, I'm high on him, and I think we're going to see him real soon. Now my fifth and final takeaway is a negative one here. That's why I saved it for last, but that is forward Nick Robertson. Nick Robertson looked great in Traverse, obviously, um, but comes into this game, you know, I told like, like I've been saying all summer on this pod, he's going to have the opportunity. He's going to have to take it. That second line left wing spot is up for grabs with Tavares. I think that's a spot I would put him if he if he did come into camp and look good. But, you know, he played on Saturday night in, in a lineup that, you know, didn't have top-end talent. They had Matthews and Yarncroke and Bunting and stuff. But, you know, th- there was no real core like game one had where you had Tavares and Marner and Nylander all spread it out throughout the offense. Just zeros across the board. And to me, yeah, he had a couple shots on goal, but... You know, takeaways weren't there. And that, that's that's what I'm kind of concerned about is I really thought we were going to see something from him. And Saturday, we, it just wasn't. And, you know, I went back to watch the game. I was breaking it down. He does have these plays where, you know, he he's really quick, right? He has good foot speed. He's a strong skater, though. He's heavy on his feet. And I wonder if, you know, his production is going to come, uh, like, this season or if we're still going to have to wait. But if, if we're going to have to wait then I don't know if he's gonna if this team is for him, right? Or do we package him for another player? Because I'm getting kind of frustrated. I'm sure you listening to this is kind of frustrated as well. Imagine management and how Kyle Dubas feels right now. They're giving this guy another chance. The door's wide open right now. And zeros across the board. <laughs> like, it's frustrating. But I'm still high on him. I think he's a good player. And, you know, another thing that I noticed when I was going back and rewatching the game is, like I was saying, back to my other point, He's able to get back, and he gets back um, almost on every shift. Now, his defensive awareness might not be the best yet. He's still a raw player. It's going to take time, but it's his finishing aspect of the game as I'm concerned. He gets a lot of looks, and usually the shots are right at the goalie. And, you know, I think he's been unlucky. His shooting percentage hasn't been, you know, close to the average. I think that just shows he's been unlucky. But still, the average there is about 12%. Um, he's going to need to get around there. And, you know, I think he's a guy that once he can find his game, and I thought he was doing, he showed us flashes at the NHL level that he's found his game. So that's why I'm not totally out on him just yet. But it's definitely frustrating. This is a guy I'm going to be watching Wednesday if he plays. I need to see what he brings. Because if not, this might be a guy that I'm looking to move on from. And I'm sure Kyle Dubas is in the same area as I am with this. Because how much longer can you afford to keep burying him with the Marlies. Oh, it's good for his confidence. Like all that, I get it, but it is frustrating to see from Nick. And I love Nick. I'm really hoping that he can do it because, you know, watching him in the OHL, he was an electric player. So, so fun to watch. But so far, I just haven't seen it. 
Um, I haven't seen him to stabilize it in the National Hockey League. I've seen certain flashes. You know, we saw his first goal last season. I really thought after the first one, it would kind of start his breakout, but just not yet. And I really think right now, if you ask me, I think Steves has beaten him out. That's just my opinion. I, I, I'm high on Steves. Just the way Steves is, you know, a bull rusher, right? He's going hard with his head down no matter what. Uh, Nick, uh, Nick surely has more talent, but right now I think Steves is a little bit ahead, and that's not good if you're Nick Robertson because you're walking into a Leafs program here that has opportunity scattered across, especially defensively, but obviously he's not a defenseman. But up top, there is a position in the top six. There's bottom six positions available. What are you going to do to show management that you deserve to be on this team? Next game, I don't want to see zeros across the board. Now, the final segment, as I promised earlier on this episode, was because Elliot Friedman, um, if you were watching the morning game, sorry, the afternoon game, uh, on the panel, he said that uh, on a question about the Leafs' second line left wing spot, he's like, the question, um, this is his quote, question is someone who is not yet on the team. Uh, Friedman stated during the Leafs' first intermission that the Leafs may make a move for a top six left winger this season, but did not have any suggestions as who that may be. So after the second game Saturday and I rewatched them and broke them all down, took my notes, um, I kind of went around the league and I kind of, I picked three names and names just to watch out for. Okay. Obviously this is speculation. Uh, I'm not Elliot Friedman with the sources, so don't quote me on any of these, but these are just guys that in my opinion, from my point of view, is who I can see the Leafs going out for. And credit to Leafs man on Twitter. Um, his tag's at WT9810. Uh, great follow if you like the Leafs. He's been preaching for Marcus Felino, And yes, that's a name that I think could fit here. Um, I think Felino would be a solid fit, uh, actually, with on that Leafs second line with Tavares. He's a grinder, two-way guy. But one thing about him is I think Minnesota, with their cap situation, I think you know they have him at a reasonable contract. Um, he seems to be liked by the guys. He seems like a big piece of their locker room. So I don't know how willing to, you know, how willing uh, Garen is to move him. But they're dealing with some cap problems as well still. So maybe they move on from him. Uh, they do have an influx of young wave, uh, young prospects ready to make that next jump. And they have a wave of talent in the minors still. But Felino's a name to watch out for. Um, that doesn't count as the three I pulled away, though. I just want to give an honorable shout to Leafsman because... I think Felino's a sneaky name. They went on and got, got his brother only a couple seasons ago. So Marcus Felino, I don't think is too crazy of a name. Um, but my first one here, this one, this one might be a little random. And I don't know if you've like seen this anywhere, but Adam Henrique. Now I know, you know, he's clearly one of the, the voices in the Anaheim Ducks changer. He's been there for a while. Uh, he is making 5 million minimal, no move clause, but you know, I was, I was talking to a source, and obviously I can't give his name away, and he told me the Leafs are done with young players. And that sounds wrong, so let me clarify that. He thinks the Leafs are done in trading for younger players. He thinks now Dubas in his final year here is going to be looking at NHL players. And Adam Henrique, a bit older, I don't mind that fit. I like the versatility. This was just one of the names that I came across that I wouldn't mind. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of stuff to work around it. But Adam Henrique, if he is willing to move on from Anaheim, because obviously, you know, we expect them to be sellers at the deadline this season. If Adam Henrique is available, you put him aside Tavares. He also gives you that ability to play on the inside as well, the versatility. 
Adam Henrique's name I, I, I wouldn't be too upset with. My next one here, though, this one, it, it's been talked about before, but that's Connor Garland. And here's why I say this. Connor Garland has been playing on the left wing in Canucks training camp. Isn't that a little weird? Uh, played the right side his whole life. The Leafs, we know, apparently have had interest in the past last season. Uh, obviously, you know, he's he's going to be under contract contra- uh, under contract for a long time with the Canucks. I can't speak today. And this is a name I, I wonder about. We know the Vancouver Canucks have, you know, they have a good chemistry with Kyle Dubas. Uh, GM, Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin have made tons of trades with Kyle Dubas. And I wonder if Connor Garland is a name that we can be looking at here. Why is he playing the left wing? That's interesting. But a line of Connor Garland uh, with Tavares on the left wing side, uh, that seems like a good mix. And Connor Garland, he's a smaller player, uh, very nifty, but he's solid. Like he's not a small player that won't bring you any upside. He is awesome in the offensive zone. His defensive work effort does need, you know, a little bit of improvement, but just a phenomenal player. And he's so fun to watch when he was on his game. Like when he was at his hottest with the Arizona Coyotes, he was electric. And this is a guy that I'm telling you right now, he would improve your second power play unit. Your team would be better overall as a whole, especially offensively. And if they are going out to make a trade for a second line left winger, Connor Garland certainly wouldn't make me upset. Now, my last name here, this one's the name that I've been waiting to talk about, and that is Tyler Bertuzzi. And I know when I first brought this up to, you know, the producer here of the show, Ethan Dubay, um, shout out to him. Happy birthday, Ethan. It's his birthday today, guys. So, if, you know, go on Twitter, wish him a happy birthday. Um, but one thing we were talking about is I, I mentioned, I'm like, what about Tyler Bertuzzi? And he was like, well... Detroit's trying to be competitive this year. Do they trade within the division? And, you know, I, I love that point from him, but, like, think about it. He's in need of a new contract. Obviously, it doesn't seem like the situation uh, is good right now between him and Detroit Red Wings management. We know the Leafs were confirmed to have interest in him for a, a little while now, even last season uh, and the season prior, I do believe, also. But I just wonder if Yeiserman knows that yes, trading in the division for sure. But if the Red Wings become sellers, how good of a fit Bertuzzi would be here in Toronto, right? He brings that grit. He's electric. In my opinion, he's a fringe superstar when he's on his game. He can bring you all the needs you want. Reminds me a little bit of a, a younger Marchand. Like he's not afraid to go stick up for your team's best player. When people were making runs at Larkin last year, he had no problem getting in their face while scoring goals as well. He's had some monster games, especially last season, a real breakout performance. And I know Detroit, you know, there was a lot of talk about maybe they weren't happy about his vaccination status last season, stuff like that. He did miss games in Canada. But now that that's being lifted, you know, with the government and stuff here, I wonder if they check back in on Bertuzzi. And Bertuzzi is a name that I would certainly love here. I think Bertuzzi, obviously, he's on an affordable contract, a phenomenal fit. And, you know, alongside Tavares, that line, not only your first line would be elite, but you would have two elite lines for sure. And that is something I'm going to be looking out for. Um, I'm going to have a second episode, like I said, coming out later on in the week uh, as we talk Kyle Dubas and his status before we get to the regular season. That is going to be a must listen. Obviously, if you guys know, I'm a huge Kyle Dubas guy. And uh, I kind of let out my frustration um, So on this topic. So, you know, I highly suggest listening to that one. And uh, we'll be back with you guys Probably Thursday after the game, we'll have another recap to add to that episode. So thank you guys for listening. Trust me, you guys are the best. 
Um, check out the Twitter at J and Selm eight. Uh, that's A N S eight L M O. Uh, we wish you guys the best uh, on the rest of your day here and into the night. You know, it's Monday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys play tonight. I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan, unfortunately. You know that relationship with the Leafs and heartbreak. It's a beautiful match, and uh, they're pretty much the same team, actually. So if you don't watch football, I highly suggest becoming a Dallas Cowboys fan because uh, it's no different from the Leafs. They're also blue and white, too, if you uh, you know want to stay with your colors. Trust me. Uh, join the, the Dallas train <laughs> if you want heartbreak. But that's all from you guys today. Thank you guys for listening to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. And like I said, we'll be back with you guys on Thursday. I know what I see